Step 8. Finding Your Life's Purpose The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. William Shakespeare This chapter looks at some of the deepest philosophical questions people ask themselves, and it provides some possible answers, such as those quoted above from one of the world's greatest playwrights, William Shakespeare. I expect you too have begun to think about some of the same questions as you read this book. Who am I? What is my purpose in this life? Why am I here? Or perhaps at least you are beginning to realize that you are special and unique and that you have God-given gifts that only you are meant to share with the world. I believe that each one of us is first a spiritual being, a spark of God, incarnated in a human body at this point in time here on earth. To discover our special gifts, to learn life lessons and improve ourselves, and to share our gifts for the betterment of all humanity. Let me explain further. I believe that prior to a new incarnation as a human being, a soul will select a life purpose that includes personal life lessons and soul improvements that will also lead to the overall betterment or improvement of mankind's existence on earth. This personal improvement will help the individual soul expand or move on in their own spiritual growth and enlightenment beyond what they have achieved in previous lifetimes. This personal expansion or improvement will be something that can be shared with others to expand or improve human consciousness. As described in an earlier chapter, when we are born, we don't remember who we are or what we came here to do. This becomes our life challenge, remembering who we are, what our special gifts are, what our life lessons are, and what our special life purpose is. Discovering or remembering your personal innate gifts and life purpose is the next step on the stairway to heaven. Once you discover your life purpose, your life will begin to unfold almost magically and you will become very motivated to achieve your life purpose using your innate gifts. Chances are you are already using your gifts on a regular basis but unaware what role this plays in expanding or improving your own spiritual development or that of all humanity. Myself, for example, I have always been a good writer and storyteller on paper and have always been very spiritual, even at a young age. I have always gotten along well with others and have a great respect for most people. I have spent most of my life working in careers where I was able to use these innate gifts to earn a living. I worked for the government where I wrote letters, reports, and emails communicating with all kinds of people about all kinds of things. I always made it my goal to be clear, polite, understandable, accurate, compassionate, kind, and helpful. It was only when I retired and I began pondering the same big questions, who am I, why am I here, 
that I came to understand that my life challenges and work life had prepared me to share my spiritual side with others by writing this book. I did not come to this awareness in a vacuum, but discovered it by learning as much as I could about higher consciousness. I learned this through contact with my higher self and God during regular daily meditations and prayer, and by realizing that all this work that I did to discover my higher self was making me happy, and that I could share what I learned with others. I do believe I have a calling to share in writing what I have learned about spirituality and about attaining higher consciousness. However, my perspective is only one of many. Hopefully, my perspective will resonate with you. There are many opinions and differing thoughts on how to determine your life's purpose. The Chopra Center website has an article on the topic of finding your life's purpose. In addition to discussing the timeless questions I note above, they discuss the law of Dharma and how to align with spirit to fulfill your life's purpose by using your unique talents or special gifts to serve humanity. The article explains what happens when you put the law of Dharma into action. When you put the law of Dharma into action, you no longer struggle or worry and instead begin to experience your life as an ecstatic expression of divinity. An ancient Vedic sage described the natural unfolding of spirit in these beautiful words. I am the immeasurable potential of all that was, is, and will be, and my desires are like seeds left in the ground. They wait for the right season and then spontaneously manifest into beautiful flowers and mighty trees, into enchanted gardens and majestic forests. Deepak Chopra explains these principles further in a video that you can watch on YouTube under the title, What is the Purpose of Life? Following is a transcript of the video. Note, the paragraph choices and punctuation are my personal expression of what I understood was being communicated. So since Oprah Life Class aired, there are lots of questions both on spiritual solutions and the seven spiritual laws of success. One question that is coming up a lot is, what is the purpose of life and what is Dharma? So let me answer to the best of my capacity right now. Dharma is a Sanskrit word which means higher purpose and the law of Dharma says that ultimately the Dharma of all of us is to reach enlightenment, achieve consciousness, and total freedom from conditioning. But along the way, there are several subsets of that purpose of life. The first is that we are here to fulfill our unique talents, our unique abilities, and that when we express our unique expression of ourself, our unique talents, then we serve a higher purpose. We fit in ecosystem. We are part of a jigsaw puzzle, and no spare parts are allowed. So we feel joy when we express our unique talents. We lose track of time. 
We serve the ecosystem in the web of life, and that should be our profession, or our profession should be in alignment with our dharma. So mine, for example, is healing and health and holiness and wholeness are all included in that. The bigger purpose, though, is always to reach enlightenment, which is unity consciousness, and to find our true identity. And that is when we learn how to be, how to love, how to create, how to serve, and ultimately how to exercise subtle intention in choiceless awareness so we can become the evolutionary parts of the universe and we find our own immortality in non-local domain, the Akashic field, which is also the field of infinite possibilities. So that's what Dharma or purpose of life is. Eckhart Tolle also explains his perspective in his book, The New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. He explains that there are two main purposes for each soul or person, an inner, and outer purpose, as explained below. So the most important thing to realize is this, inner purpose concerns being and is primary. Outer purpose concerns doing and is secondary. While this book speaks mainly of our inner purpose, this chapter and the next will also address the question of how to align outer purpose and inner purpose in your life. Inner and outer, however, are so intertwined that it is almost impossible to speak of one without referring to the other. Your inner purpose is to awaken. It is as simple as that. You share that purpose with every other person on the planet because it is the purpose of humanity. Your inner purpose is an essential part of the purpose of the whole the universe, and its emerging intelligence. Your outer purpose can change over time. It varies greatly from person to person. Finding and living in alignment with the inner purpose is the foundation for fulfilling your outer purpose. It is the basis for true success. Without that alignment, you can still achieve certain things through effort, struggle, determination, and sheer hard work or cunning, but there is no joy in such endeavor, and it invariably ends in some form of suffering. Marianne Williamson also speaks on the purpose and meaning of life. Love is what we are born with. Fear is what we learn. The spiritual journey is the unlearning of fear and prejudices and the acceptance of love back in our hearts. Love is the essential reality and our purpose on earth. To be consciously aware of it, to experience love in ourselves and others, is the meaning of life. Meaning does not lie in things. Meaning lies in us. Dr. Wayne Dyer talks about the inspiration he received from Pantanjali when he began his prolific career as a spiritual writer and quotes Pantanjali on the concept of purpose. When that conference call from Artie and Paul announced my new fiscal status as a millionaire 
with unlimited earning capacity, I realized a very important truth. It was spelled out by Pantanjali some 2300 or so years ago. This great spiritual master offered the kind of advice that spoke to me back there in 1977. He said, when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds. Your mind transcends limitations. Your consciousness expands in every direction and you find yourself in a new, great and wonderful world. Then he added, dormant forces, facilities and talents become alive and you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. The article by Dr. Dyer finishes by stating, Somehow, I see it so clearly now. When we stay on purpose and steadfastly refuse to be discouraged, accepting our fears and doing it anyway, those seemingly dormant forces do come alive and show us that we are greater people than we ever dreamed ourselves to be. We discover that we are one with our source of being. And as Jesus put it so perfectly, with God all things are possible. The Dalai Lama has written a piece called Compassion and the Individual that explains his beliefs regarding the purpose of life as follows. I believe that the purpose of life is to be happy. From the moment of birth, every human being wants happiness and does not want suffering. Neither social conditioning nor education nor ideology affects this. From the very core of our being, we simply desire contentment. I don't know whether the universe, with its countless galaxies, stars and planets, has a deeper meaning or not. But at the very least, it is clear that we humans who live on this earth face the task of making a happy life for ourselves. Therefore, it is important to discover what will bring about the greatest degree of happiness. The article continues to explain his thoughts on how to achieve happiness, our great need for love during all stages of our life, and the need to develop compassion for others throughout the world that should include our enemies. The article closes with the following. I believe that at every level of society, familial, tribal, national, and international, the key to a happier and more successful world is the growth of compassion. We do not need to become religious, nor do we need to believe in an ideology. All that is necessary is for each of us to develop our good human qualities. I try to treat whoever I meet as an old friend. This gives me a genuine feeling of happiness. It is the practice of compassion. All these spiritually developed people seem to agree on the same thing, that our life purpose cannot be discovered outside of ourselves. It must come from within. Before we can discover our life purpose, we must believe that we have a higher self that will reveal our inner purpose when we awaken. And we need to awaken. 
So how does one awaken and discover their inner self and ultimately their inner purpose? How does one awaken and find their inner life purpose? You cannot just read a book or take a class and expect that you will be awakened. Although reading a book like this one could possibly make you think more about who you truly are, and that would be a definite step in the right direction. But what exactly does it mean to be awakened? Awakening is simply becoming aware that you are more than your physical body and more than the thoughts constantly being generated by your mind. It is becoming aware that you are a spiritual being having a physical experience. This spiritual being is your true self, your connection to God, the source, to the Creator. Once you realize this one fact, you are awakening to your true self and your true potential. After awakening to the new awareness of your inner true self, you will need to set the intention to become more conscious of that true self or your connection to God in everything that you do. How does one become more conscious of your true self? We discuss several methods of increasing consciousness in the chapter on Step 7, Living in the Now, Becoming the Watcher of Your Thoughts, Being in Nature and Being More Present, Noticing Through Various Senses, Doing Yoga, etc. These types of activities will help you to reduce the endless overthinking of the mind and make you more aware of a silent presence within. This is your true self, a consciousness within yourself, your connection to God. The more you practice living in the now, the more you will become aware of this consciousness within. The key to finding your inner purpose is becoming so conscious of your inner being that you begin to develop intuition or knowings because of connecting to your inner being or higher self. Or, in other words, by connecting to God within yourself. Once you accept the personal intention to connect to your higher self or inner being, I suggest you begin taking the following steps on a daily basis. One. Pray and ask God to help you connect to your higher self and to any divine specialists that may be of assistance to you. Divine specialists could be angels, ascended masters such as Jesus, Mary, Buddha, etc., spirit guides, or any other special helpers that God may assign to you. 2. Be still after prayer and listen for a connection. This connection may come as words or thoughts within your mind, a passage that speaks to you from something you are reading, an internal sense or awareness of God's presence, perhaps even a phone call from someone delivering a specific message related to your prayer. There is no limit to the ways that God can connect with you and how this happens is very personal and can be different for every person. 3. Practice being in the now by becoming still and quieting the mind at least 15 to 20 minutes every day. Twice a day is even better. Once in the morning after you get up and once later in the day before going to bed. 
This can be done by meditating, practicing mindfulness, or by following several of the examples described in the previous chapter. 4. Accept that you are a child of God, whose true purpose is to be love, kindness, and compassion to everyone you meet. Look beyond your physical body and see the Christ consciousness or spirit within everyone, including yourself. As the Dalai Lama said, treat everyone you meet as an old friend. Practice this with every person you meet every day. Five, choose to see the goodness and the specialness of every person and living creature. Do not criticize or judge others. Aim to do no harm to any person or living creature. Six, connect with your physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies. Following are excerpts from the book, Becoming Forever Conscious, How to Live a Life on Purpose, written by Tanaz Chubb. She recommends three simple daily practices that you can use to help create a state of mindfulness and consciousness as follows. One, practice for the physical body. Take three to five deep mindful breaths. As you inhale, imagine a beautiful white light rising up through your body. Imagine the white light being comforting, nurturing, and loving. As you exhale, let go of any stresses or worries and repeat to yourself a positive mantra, such as, I know I am loved and protected, or I am going to have a beautiful day. Two, practice for the emotional body. Take just a few minutes and write down seven things you are grateful for on a piece of paper. When we tap into gratitude, we align with the present moment and step into the vibrational space of peace and joy. Three, practice for the spiritual body. Meditating, even for just 10 minutes, would be beneficial. But if you are not into meditating, do something creative like painting, knitting, reading, or listening to music. By focusing on the task at hand and finding that stillness, you create a sense of joy, awareness, and serenity. Seven, learn how to breathe mindfully. There are many methods you can use to learn how to breathe mindfully on the internet. Following is one example given by the Zen Buddhist master Thich Nhat Hanh found in an article written by a hack spirit called Five Meditation Techniques for Living in the Present. Mindful Breathing According to Thich Nhat Hanh, this is the most simple and basic meditation technique, but also the most useful. Why? Because we're always breathing. You can literally practice this anywhere, anytime even if it's for 15 seconds. The main crux of this technique is that you simply focus on your breath. Here Thich Nhat Hanh's explaining how to go about it. Please, when you breathe in, 
do not make an effort of breathing in. You just allow yourself to breathe in. Even if you don't breathe in, it will breathe in by itself. So don't say, my breath come so that I can tell you how to do. Don't try to force anything. Don't try to intervene. Just allow the breathing in to take place. What you have to do is be aware of the fact that the breathing in is taking place and you have more chance to enjoy your in-breath. Don't struggle with your breath. That is what I recommend. Realize that your breath is a wonder. When someone is dead, no matter what we do, the person will not breathe in again. So we are breathing in. That is a wonderful thing. This is the first recommendation on breathing that the Buddha made. When breathing in, I know this is the in-breath. When breathing out, I know this is the out-breath. When the in-breath is long, I know it is long. When it is short, I know it is short. Just recognition, mere recognition, simple recognition of the presence of the in-breath and out-breath. When you do that, suddenly you become entirely present. What a miracle! Because to meditate means to be there, to be there with yourself, to be there with your in-breath. 8. Disconnect from your electronics. So much of our time is preoccupied with staying connected on social media and our phones that we take very little time to just experience being alone with ourselves and God. 9. Begin journaling every day and writing down what you are feeling and experiencing. Doing this either in the morning before you start your day or in the evening before you go to bed is a great way to connect with your inner self. Take a good look at yourself. Be open and honest about how you feel about the choices you have been making and listen quietly to hear what your whispering inner voice has to say. Write it down. This is your connection to your inner self and God speaking. You can trust it. Once you have been praying on a regular basis and have learned how to connect with your inner self during meditation or by connecting with your physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies as described or by experiencing a connection with God in prayer or through one or more of the above methods, you will be ready to begin keeping yourself partially connected to your inner self at all times, even when you are working on regular, everyday tasks. This is when the real magic happens because your divinely directed inner spirit will be leading you through your life journey. The following chart will help you identify when you are being led by your inner spirit or your soul and when you are not. See the chart on the last page of this chapter in the book as follows. When I'm in contact with my soul, I feel grateful, humble, full of hope, full of faith, grounded, relaxed, present, brave, safe, 
happy, giggly, warm. I see good in people. I see solutions. I feel I could accomplish almost anything. When I'm not in contact with my soul, I feel afraid, empty, worried, irritated, depressed, sad, angry, unsafe, stressed, shut down. I think too much. I see problems, not solutions.